welcome. You are listening to OPOD's Occupational Health Podcast. This is a podcast series by the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, where we discuss the challenges of current and emerging trends in occupational health and offer effective prevention strategies to empower workers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast on noise-induced hearing loss and what you can do to save your hearing. This is one of a series of podcasts to come on occupational and environmental noise exposure. So just so you know, you may be damaging your hearing when you don't even know it. So I'm joined today with Sonia Lai, an occupational hygienist with OCAO from our Toronto clinic. And I'm from our Windsor clinic. We're both CIHs and CRSPs, so Certified Industrial Hygienists and Canadian Registered Safety Professionals. And together, we bring you 40 years of experience in the field of occupational health and safety. We felt that this topic would be of great importance, not only for current workers, but for young workers and those entering the workforce to increase awareness about how a noise affects our hearings and things we can be doing and should be doing to prevent exposures. This is a preventable disease. Thank you, James, and thank you everybody for joining us on this podcast. So yes, with regards to noise-induced hearing loss, once you lose it, it's gone. So let's not go there. Let's stop the progression because it is preventable, like James just stated, it is preventable. So maybe we just need an awareness of, well, didn't know we were losing our hearing. What can we do to prevent and what steps we can take to prevent the loss and what's happening around us, which might be contributing to the loss, which we didn't even know. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So this is a very important topic to cover. Most of the time, noise-induced hearing loss is often thought to be associated with aging and a natural progression. As this is true for some, however, it can be exacerbated by occupational exposures that are left uncontrolled and our own personal habits, our hobbies, our interests, etc., as well as environmental exposures, which could also be harming our hearing. So some examples of noise-induced hearing loss that can exacerbate, if you will, is exposure to loud noise, trauma, medications, and some diseases as well as well as exposure to some solvents. So let's look at some examples here. So what can cause noise-induced hearing loss? Well, we have a disease known as Meniere's disease, and this is the disease of the inner ear, acoustic neuroma, autotoxic medication. Did you know that if you are taking medications that are prescribed to you by your family doctor, some of those medications could be causing you to be losing your hearing? It's not always sound that can cause you to lose hearing. So if anything, that's one big takeaway from today's podcast. It doesn't always have to be a sound wave that's going into your ear canal and and to your eardrum, et cetera, that's affecting your hearing. It could be a solvent at work or medications that you may be taking. So you should ask your family doctor and or your pharmacist if any of the medications you are taking are affecting your hearing. And hopefully they can find you a suitable replacement. Very loud noise, obviously. Yes, that's a contributor, whether it be listening to loud music, uh, watching the TV too loud, or even being exposed because a family member has lost their hearing. I often find this, and I don't know, James, if you've experienced this, but if there's a family member that's losing their hearing, they might be in denial. They're listening or watching TV and the volume's on really loud. And then everybody else, in order to communicate with them, they also have to be really loud and they're screaming. So now everybody's exposed to loud noises. So it can affect others 
what we would say in scientific terms, bystander exposure. It can affect family members when you might be the one that's actually incurred the noise-induced hearing loss, but your practices or your habits are causing others to also potentially lose their hearing. Physical head injuries can also contribute to noise-induced hearing loss. So these are just a few things to start thinking about that might be affecting your hearing. So this podcast will help us figure out how to stop the progression. So we're getting to that. Just to give you some numbers from Stats Canada, 63% of men between the ages of 40 to 79 are unaware they have hearing loss as per Stats Canada. So either they're unaware or in denial. And the same can be said about women. 46% of women have unperceived hearing loss. An estimated 11 million Canadians from the ages of 19 to 79 have previously worked in a noisy environment. That's 43% of people who worked in an environment where the level of noise required co-workers to raise their voice in order to communicate. Of those workers who were exposed to noisy environments, 6.1 million, which is about 56%, were not required to use hearing protection and only wore it sometimes. So this was just to give you a guesstimate, if you will, of what's going on around Canada with regards to noise-induced hearing loss and noise from our workplaces and how we need to be aware of our work surroundings and ask questions of the employer to ensure that we are safe at work and our hearing is also safe and we're preserving it. Thank you, Sonia. So the next part of our podcast here, we decided to ask the question, why is prevention important? Hearing loss is generally permanent and can have a profound impact on the quality of your life. So, And as your hearing loss worsens, hearing and understanding others becomes increasingly difficult, which can lead to isolation. Hearing loss is also associated with cognitive decline and heart problems such as high blood pressure and heart disease. Is that hearing loss is strongly associated with depression? Yes, yes. And it also leads to a loss of enjoyment of basically uh, a lot of things in life. So, you know, all the sounds you want to hear, such as music, the voice of a loved one, they become muted. So it's all interrelated. And another thing that happens is you can get something called tinnitus. So this is ringing in the ears. And usually in the beginning, you get this ringing in the ears temporarily after being exposed to a loud noise for a period of time, but then it can become permanent. So hearing loss can impact uh, safety at home and on the job when you, know, when you can't hear what's going on around you. And income is generally lower among workers with hearing loss than among workers with normal hearing. We can give you some tools or clues to figure out if you have an issue with noise at work, or you can share these tools and clues with your loved ones. So how do you know if you have an issue with noise at work? If you answer yes to any of the following questions, the workplace may have a noise problem. So first item, do people have to raise their voices to speak to each other if they're like, let's say, three feet away or an arm's length away? Are they raising their voices to speak to one another? Are you shouting at each other without wanting to be mean? <laughs> if yes, your noise levels might be above 85 decibels, which is A, the unit, the decibels, and 85 is the number. Um, that in Ontario, in our jurisdiction, 85 dBA over an eight-hour shift 
is the level where we then need to, as an employer, we need to implement a hearing conservation program. And we'll get, we'll get into that. Do people who work in noisy environments have ringing in the ears at the end of the shift? So perhaps maybe when you enter a quieter room or you're gone for lunch in a quieter area or at the end of the shift, totally you're going walking to your car. Do you have ringing in the ears? It could be an indication that you were in a noisy environment. Do people find that when they return home from work, they have to increase the volume in their car radio higher than when they left it? I find myself, and I don't know, if James, if you've experienced this, when I go into my car in the morning, the volume's on really high. Either I was having a lot of fun, <laughs> the, the hmm. volume on my radio was really high and I was listening to a great song, but it's actually disturbingly high. So I do have that experience and I don't even work in an industrial environment. James, have you had that? Yeah, on occasion. Another thing, does a person who has worked in a noisy workplace for years have problems understanding conversations at parties or restaurants or in crowds? Do you notice that of yourself, of your spouse, of your of your loved one, where they're actually struggling to understand what's being said? Do you experience temporary hearing loss when leaving work? So besides the ringing in the ears, you know, after you've left a concert, for example, or a really loud action film, and you leave the theater, you leave the concert, and you have that sort of muted hum type of feeling in your ears, that's known as temporary hearing loss, where your organs in your ears are trying to recover from the loud noise that you've exposed them to in that period of time. So if you're unsure whether your workplace environment is safe and any of the things that we just mentioned, if, if you're not sure how to measure, then you can use some of your smartphones if, if you have those available, because some of the smartphones have apps that are available um, that you can download and you can just take a quick check of what is the sound level at the area that you work in, for example, or when a certain machine turns on, uh, what's the sound level? And then you can get an idea of, well, it's above 85, so am I exposed to this level for my entire shift? Even if you're not, you still should start asking the questions with your supervisor, with your employer, and say, what's going on? Can we get the noise levels measured in our workplace because I don't want to have noise-induced hearing loss? Yeah, so just continuing on with your measurements of the noise levels, there are several sound measuring instruments available that can measure noise levels in the workplace. So these are sound level meters, noise dosimeters, and octave band analyzers. So if there is a noise problem in the workplace, a noise assessment or survey using those instruments should be undertaken to determine the source of noise, the amount of noise, and who is exposed and for how long they are exposed to that noise. So when it comes to those noise levels, noise can be continuous, it can be variable, it, or it can be intermittent or impulsive, depending on how it changes throughout the day and what is going on in the workplace. So continuous noise is noise with which remains constant and stable throughout the work shift or maybe even for half the work shift, but it's steady noise, steady loud noise over a period of time. So an example of this is boilers in a powerhouse and their relatively constant output of noise throughout the day. Most manufacturing noise is variable or intermittent. So 
different operations or noise sources can cause the sound to change over time. So this is where you have an impulse or impact noise. Um, so that's a short burst of a loud noise, which lasts for a second or less. So some examples of this, you know, the most common one is gunfire or the noise produced by a punch press. So where you have that fast intermittent noise throughout the shift. Or hammering, right? Hammering, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. So noise-induced hearing loss, it can be prevented by wearing the appropriate hearing protection. So if your noise levels regularly exceed 85 decibels, then it's important to protect your hearing. All right, so what Sonia and I did, we came up with a top 10 things that can be done to protect workers from hearing loss. So let's start off with number one, and that's finding out if the noise in your workplace is hazardous. So if you're at about arm's length from someone and you need to raise your voice for them to understand you, then it's likely that the noise levels are at a hazardous level. You can also check the noise level using a sound level meter. And a simple way to do that is using an app on your phone. And these apps are pretty accurate within about two or three decibels. So it will give you an approximate, okay? Or you can ask your safety rep or supervisor to have the noise levels checked, making sure that they are below 85 decibels. Okay, item number two, reduce your noise exposure. Easier said than done. Um, but if you can, take a break from the noisy activity. Reduce noise at the source. So use quieter equipment and keep equipment well-maintained and lubricated. Now, we understand some of these things are within your control. Some are not within your control. And you need to have the employer implement some of these changes. But at least you have an idea of what some of those changes could be. And you can offer them as well to them. Um, you can request the employer to look into devices that can reduce the noise coming from the equipment or right from the get-go purchase equipment which is less noisy to begin with. Um, so that buy-off process, you want to make sure if you have any robots coming in or any machines coming in or if it handguns or any type of things that you're using, and by guns I mean, you know, the uh, to screw in certain nuts and bolts into your equipment. You want to make sure that before you let them, you know, come into your workspace that you've bought them off at a sound level that is way below in the 80s because as you put more and more things together in the workplace, then together their sound levels can go up and beyond um, the, the cutoff. And for us in Ontario, it's 85. So yeah, you wanna make smarter choices in the equipment that you're purchasing. And if you can, increase the distance between you and the noise source or the source of noise. Number three, reduce or stop exposures to chemicals that may damage your hearing. So remember in the beginning, we talked about it's not just noise or sound that can cause you to have noise-induced hearing loss. It could be the drugs that you're taking or it can be exposure to solvents. So now, no, we don't need to pour the solvent down your ear canal. No, the exposures can occur through inhalation of these solvents or through dermal uptake. So here it comes back, WIMIS and the safety data sheets. We need to make sure that we're looking very thoroughly at those safety data sheets and making sure that we don't have what are known as autotoxicants, which are the ones that cause the noise-induced hearing loss. We wanna make sure we don't have those in our workspace or workplace. If we can, we should find suitable replacements or substitutes for those products. In the meantime, if you do have those, make sure you're wearing the right 
protective gear, which includes the gloves, long sleeves, or eye protection that's required, and any respiratory protection that be, might be required to protect you from the inhalation exposures and follow all the chemical safety instructions that are provided. That goes for any chemical that you have in the workplace, frankly speaking. But if you do have an autotoxicant, try to get it out of the workplace. James, what's number four? All right. Yeah. Number four is a good one. So it has to do with personal protective equipment again. So when it comes to earmuffs or earplugs, a lot of times in workplaces, the exposures could be between 80 and 85. And they may make earmuffs or earplugs available, but not required. So if they are made available, you should still wear them. If they are required, you definitely should be wearing them. So the workplace may not have a good program in place for enforcement of that, but you should be wearing them, whether made available or mandatory. Yes. I want to add, you might be getting, although we have been talking about certain things that the employer can do, like putting barriers or keeping your distance from, from the noise, I don't want you to feel that we're suggesting that PPE is the resort, or um, it's usually the last resort. There's many steps that the employer has to take to prevent your exposure in the first place to the noise. So that'll come in another podcast, but we didn't want you to go away thinking that, oh, if my workplace is loud, I'm all I can do is wear my earplugs or earmuffs. No, no, no. This is something that you should be doing for your own self regardless but there's many steps that the employer has to take in order to prevent that noise from being that loud in the first place. And we'll get into that in in another podcast to come. So number five is if you are listening to music, which most of us do at the workplace, and we have earbuds in or you're watching TV, make sure that you keep the volume at a safe level and only listen in areas that are not that noisy because if you're in areas that are noisy you're going to just crank up the volume on your the device that you're listening to all right yeah number six is being aware of home exposures to noise so such things as using a lawnmower so cutting the grass using a leaf blower or a chainsaw anything along those lines you should have earplugs in or earmuffs Because, you know, if you are working in a noisy environment all day and then you go and use noisy equipment, your ears need time to recover. That's when your ears are healing from the noise. So if you're adding exposure, you want to try and reduce that exposure after work or even in general. You mentioned driving, James, and I don't think we we spoke about this, but... When you're driving on highways, for example, in the summertime or spring and you have the windows down and you're enjoying the fresh air, you'll notice, you can do the experiment yourself, when you put the windows back up at those high speeds, you sort of have a sense of relief or your ears have a sense of relief, if you will, because that wind noise, that whistling of that wind actually does affect your hearing. So it's probably best that at high speeds, you do have the windows up, (laughs) even though it's a lot of fun to have your hair blowing and whatnot and having that fresh air uh, whipping across your face could be affecting your hearing. So you want to keep that in mind. Okay, number eight, get your hearing tested, get a baseline so that if there are any changes to your hearing, you can do something about it in time. If you don't know that you're measuring right at the workplace or if you feel you're not sure if the workplace has an issue. So, yeah, this is something that you can do for yourself. But again, if your workplace does have a noise issue, then through the hearing conservation program, the employer would be obliged to do these tests at several interims to ensure that your hearing isn't changing drastically 
over time. So that baseline is very, very important to get done. So if you can, if you can get it done, that's great for yourself anyway. James, what's number nine? All right. So number nine has to do with recreational power sports, such things as riding a motorcycle or operating ATVs, anything along those lines that, that produces a noise because of an engine, you're going to want to wear your hearing protection. So you can wear earplugs under helmets um, or earmuffs if you're riding you know, a slower ATV. So you need to be, again, aware of all the exposures that's occurring during recreational activities. Okay. And number 10 is something we've already said several times in this podcast already is to make sure your workplace has a hearing conservation program if the levels are at or above 85 dBA uh, as required in Ontario. If you're from another jurisdiction, then the level may be the same or it may be different. And if you have any questions about this or, or need support, please contact us. You can find um, our emails at the OCAL website, which is www.ohcow.on.ca. And we can help you figure out if you have a noise issue or not. James, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I do. Um, we sort of mentioned 85 decibels for eight hours uh, a few times during this podcast. Uh, I just wanted to point out 85 is the law under the Health and Safety Act. But one of the things that, you know, when you look at research and hearing laws, 85 isn't protective enough. So really, we're aiming for less than 80 decibels of exposure. There is still risk of hearing loss at 85, so don't think 85 is the end-all be-all. You're not going to have any hearing loss at 85, so I just kind of wanted to finish off with that point. Excellent point, James. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this podcast. Please do let us know if there are any other topics you would like us to cover. We would love to hear from you and your ideas. You can find our emails on our OCA website, as already stated. Thank you, folks. Stay safe. For more information about this podcast, including show notes and companion materials, go to our website, www.ohcow.on.ca. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you receive notification of our latest episode. As well, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for joining us.